I was in a coffee shop running away from home when I heard the news. Our hero, checked, gone, vanished into thin air. <laughs> My dad must have been his biggest fan. I knew how sad he'd be. Heck, we all were that day. Zanara says to myself, what are you thinking? I went running straight back home. We sat up talking about Jack all night. My dad and I never talked so much. Whoa. Didn't mean to reminisce, folks. Anyway, ten years later, the Jack Memorial Cup tournament is today. The two teams that have won through to the finals are, of course, the Abes from A East and the Duggles from C South. I know there's a lot of people out there today to see the star of the Abes. In just one year, he's become the team's number one player. He's Jack's blood and the new hope of Blitzball. What kind of super play will he show us today? Will we see his father's legendary shot? I don't think I'm the only one excited here, folks. Welcome to episode 35 of the video game podcast, PlayStation Pals. I am your host, Nick, and I'm joined by the Perry to my Kathleen. John, John, I really need you to bring that energy this week. Yeah, what's wrong, bud? You all right? <laughs> you, you're looking a we little... We record on a Friday. It's a long week, and you just get tired. Yeah, but you're acting like you do things all day, and that you work hard. I know okay. you don't work hard. Uh, I know that. So, you've been, sitting, you've been sitting at your desk all day. What do you mean? <laughs> What do you mean? You've been cleaning the laptops. You've been watching Lord of the Rings. <laughs> has nothing to do with the fact that I've had donuts and quesadillas mm. and sugar pops mm. and self-inflicted wounds. Huh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that, that's probably what it is. But I like to just bitch. See, this is why I nourish my body the way that I do because then you get immune to these things. I only drink Mountain Dew and I only eat quesadillas and burritos. And it's, you know, business as usual. It's going to catch up to you, man. Nah. <laughs> Never. One day, John will get really fat, and you'll just hear, Hey! Hey, it's happened. It's happened. <laughs> I'm already fat, man. <laughs> All right. Well, let's kick it off with some good news. Thanks to that pesky Super Bowl that is airing this Sunday, uh, we are getting a Last of Us episode early so probably by the time you listen to this, episode five of The Last of Us will be available. Uh, it is coming out early, uh, 9 p.m. on Friday, February 10th. And if you listen to this episode uh, before the show, you're like our super fan number one because that would—it's <laughs> like a 30-minute window that they would have. Um, but yeah, no, that, that's fucking awesome, man. I mean, you know, it's a smart move. Um, obviously, HBO is a business. Naughty Dog is a business. PlayStation is a business. And they're not going to want to air this thing during the Super Bowl. So, the uh, rest of the world, we are sorry. This is our Americans' fault. Um, this is our, our doing. But um, Hey, they get it early, too. They get it, I know, but, you know, like... <laughs> Maybe they like their weekly schedule, you know, and maybe they had Friday plans, Nick. They're going out drinking. They're going out with friends. We don't have friends, so we're just <laughs> staying at home. But, Aww. but yeah, no, so, yeah, that is uh, super nice to kind of kind of see part two of, uh, of the episode that we got last week, which we will obviously discuss here shortly. Yep, yep. And so let's move on because we got a lot to talk about uh, this week. So uh, this is how the show works. Each of us bring three things to talk about. It can be a video game we're playing, a news item, a topic, an email to PlayStationPalsPod at gmail.com or Twitter DMs at PSPalsPod. Any of those things, 
Uh, we feel like bringing it, we talk about it. And we're gonna start with a returning segment, the DEFCON level. We are now 12 days from PSVR 2. Uh, there was no showcase from Sony. Uh, Nintendo now joins the party. They had a showcase this week. Uh, as far as the PlayStation blog is concerned, we got a PSVR 2 unboxing video. Sick. <laughs> and an ultimate FAQ. Okay. But let's kick things off with a nice little rant here. Hmm. What the fuck is Sony doing? <laughs> <laughs> I am at a DEF CON 5 because they're not going to do it. They're just not going to do it. Who would have thought in the weeks leading up to a $550 piece of hardware that we would get nothing. No kind of showcase, nothing, no hype videos, nothing to get excited about this. PlayStation 5 gets a new campaign. Microsoft has a showcase. Nintendo can have a showcase. Where, where are you at, Sony? Why can't you have a showcase? John, what, what, is, what is wrong here? It is confusing, <laughs> to say the least. Um, yeah, we're, we're like you said, 12 days away. Um, maybe Sony just kind of understands that the people who are getting the VR unit are just already bought in. You need a PlayStation 5 for it, so having a dedicated thing to it is not going to move the needle at all, so they're just electing not to. There's been so many weird small pieces of details coming out about the VR unit for the past six to eight months now. And so it just, yeah, it simply doesn't make sense at this point to have one. One thing I will say that is weird, and I, I'm sorry I don't have the sources in front of me, but I've seen from multiple people now over the course of this week that there is, quote unquote, a big, big announcement coming for PSVR 2 information. And for everybody out there, Nick is holding his head in his hands, he's rolling his eyes. Uh, he There's going to be a showcase yeah. sometime soon yep, and between so. now and June. That's going to have stuff in it. But it wouldn't, I'm a yeah. professional video game journalist. Yeah, Nick and I swap <laughs> bodies this week, guys. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it, it wouldn't make sense even if there was, though, because, like, are you really going to announce, like, Half-Life Alex or any game-changing things? Like, I feel like the most, most of the only thing that they could do for something like that is, like, hey, we're bringing all these games from PSVR forward onto PSVR 2. But... It still answers none of the questions regarding everything that their other first party is doing, everything... You know, outside of Spider-Man 2, um, you know, the only confirmed first-party game we have this year is that, as far as I can think, off the top of my head. You know, and then Call of the Mountain and the DLC for Forbidden West. Right, but there's such yeah, there's you know a middle of the year that's that's em empty. They typically have three big three big releases a year, so they gotta show something but I'm with you man I mean I don't know if I'm gonna bring it down to a five because I think there is still a chance we might get you know some weird thing that is kind of like a hey happy launch day for the PSVR here's some things we've been keeping in it'd be stupid I don't know why you would do that <laughs> um, but I'm gonna bump mine down to a three um, which is you know I, I, I would be surprised if one happened and I would be surprised if one didn't happen a three is about as neutral as you can get <laughs> not very exciting and um, I don't have an answer for you bud I don't know what they're doing they have never been this quiet it's exciting because there's so many things that could be announced could be brought onto the table but at the same time it's just you know we're, we're on the precipice of a hardware launch and they haven't mm -hmm. I haven't seen a commercial for it I haven't seen you know any excitement behind this thing no. um so it's 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 
it's interesting that it seems like they're just letting Meta run away with the market share for the the VR and just they're saying like, oh, if you have a PS5 and you want VR, ours is better. But if you don't want it, that's cool. But it's just weird that like, you know, Sony killed the Vita, right? They didn't want to support the Vita and they said it was a pretty much a failure. And I think that thing sold a, a right around 18 to 20 million. PSVR 1 sold 5 million. This one doesn't seem to be having much hype behind it. And it's just interesting that they're putting first party resources behind it. Um, but behind this device that is going to reach less hands and less people than, you know, a potential new handheld or something like that would. It's just, I don't know. It's a little, the silence is deafening for sure. Yeah, well, this the segment's not coming back next week because, yeah. I mean, the, the, the end will be less than a week from the PSVR 2. And I don't think they'll have one <laughs> by that time. But No, I'm still, you know, what I've been saying, I, I still think there will be... Something shortly after the PSVR 2, maybe right around when The Last of Us wraps up. You know, the way that marketing teams work, they don't want to take the oxygen out of the air for things that are already currently existing. They kind of wait till those are wrapping up to do the next big thing. So with the VR unit coming out, with Last of Us show being such a strong, strong presence right now in the media space, I just think they're waiting for those two things to kind of go away and then they can start pushing the next next bit. Um, yeah, I as understand, stupid as that is. and I know there's a. This is kind of a stacked first half of the year. You know, you got Dead Space and the Hogwarts and the Resident Evil and the Jedi Survivor and the Suicide Squad and the Diablo Four, Street Fighter, Breath blah blah blah. Wild. It keeps going and going and going. Zelda. Um, that I understand. There's a. There's just a lot of things taking up the, the gamers' time and and, uh, and mindset. But come on. <laughs> I mean, it's just upsetting because, like, you know, with, with the confirmation that E3 is not going to have any of the major players, it's just the the way that games are announced and, and showed now is just so bland and sterile. It's just, hey, here's this disembodied AI voice saying, world premiere. And then you see a trailer and you don't get anybody telling you anything about it. And these events are small and spaced out over long periods of time. I just, I don't like, I, I, know, I understand it, it makes perfect sense from a business standpoint, but I really don't like this all digital format that we've seemed to be barreling f- forward towards. And, uh, you know, that allows companies like Sony to just say, we're going to talk when we want to talk. Yeah. Because they know we're going to fucking buy their shit anyway. <laughs> Case in yeah. point, my fault. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. So, we'll see. Now that I've lowered it to a five, there will be a Sony event next week. Yeah. That'll, that'll then we have to we have to fucking wrap up shop because obviously we don't know anything about PlayStation then. <laughs> that could happen. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just I'm just I'm just frustrated by the lack of no news when there should be at least some news and a state of play that takes 20 minutes that covers PSVR 2 uh, would be nice. But I I know that we just heard Jeff Grubb, uh, notable quote unquote gaming journalist. Uh, say that he thinks there's going to be an event in March and then a showcase before June, by June. So again, great prediction. Jeez, really <laughs> nail that one down. Um, so that's what I, that's what I'm getting to. Is just like it just doesn't make sense. But I understand everything's firing for Sony right now. Uh, the show, PS5 are in stock. Um, so everything's everything's gravy for them so they're just taking this the softer approach at, to psvr2 i think it's jim just ryan just likes to see people squirm yeah i think he just you know wants to wants to kind of keep his foot on our throats and just saying i'm gonna fucking tell you that shit when i'm ready <laughs> when i'm good and ready well i mean what if i'm a developer making a psvr2 game like it's the same thing is like I, come on let's go 
hype up your new platform so I can sell more copies. Yeah, uh, I don't. I'm I'm very curious to see how this thing does, man. Um, you know, we'll, we'll know soon. We'll know soon. I just. I'm a believer in the tech. I just think of like the convenience side of it all, and it's just, if, you know, the, the amount of steps you need to, to first go through to play this thing. First, I have to find a PlayStation. Okay, that's been an issue for two years. It's finally easier now, but if you get one now, you're probably not gonna have an extra $550 to throw out the headset. And if you are one that got one early, then is, is there anything on the platform that you wanna play? And then you have the idea that it needs to be connected to your, your, your PlayStation, it's connected via a cable, which I'm fine with because I understand that allows it to offload a lot of the processing power to the machine itself. But when you have the main comp competition being Oculus, that is completely cord free, that doesn't need an additional device. I just, I, I do think Sony, Sony is only going to win if they really come out and they show that this thing is better than everything else. That's the only way they can do it. Yeah. So. And, I mean, the previews are positive, so yeah. I think they'll do that. But yeah. all right, let's move on. I'm done with. PSVR 2 and Sony. Do you feel better? Because you look worse after that. You're like slouched <laughs> and everything. Like you're, yeah, your it's going to be a roller coaster uh, as we go through these topics. All right. I'll throw things <laughs> but, at you periodically. But, to keep here, but the next topic is fun. Uh, as we mentioned at the start, the Super Bowl is here. Super Sunday is uh, coming up on the 12th. And so I wanted to ask John some sports related questions mm. in regards to gaming. Can I just say, first and foremost, I'm so thankful Tom Brady is not in the Super Bowl this year. I just <laughs> yeah, want to sure. say, I'm so thankful. <laughs> but don't worry, he is an analyst for Fox, and Fox is hosting the Super Bowl, so... <laughs> right, maybe we get a sneak preview of Tom Brady being an analyst. <laughs> yeah, <Goody>. so... <laughs> but, so I got a few questions for John. Okay. Uh, he has not seen these before, so these are off the cuff, so don't hate on him if he's, if he's stumped by any of these. I will be. <laughs> We'll see. All right. Question number one of four. If you were to predict what game will have an ad at the Super Bowl? Um, MLB The Show. <laughs> you um, think The Show? Yeah, I, I would say The Show. Uh, it's the next big sports game that's on the horizon. So obviously time timing is everything with marketing. Um, the Show is a shockingly big seller that I don't think a lot of people realize. It's, I believe it was number 10 on the MPD for all of last year, and that only counts PlayStation platforms. It doesn't count Xbox. So I think the dollar can be, you know, the, the dollar amounts can be there. Um, so yeah, I, I, th I think it would be the show. Okay. All yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, when you're I mean, the only baseball game in town. Right. <laughs> hockey doesn't make sense. NBA 2K23 came out too long ago to really advertise well, it. Well, it doesn't have to be a sports game. I'm saying any video game oh. to have an ad at the... Oh, I'm sorry. I misunderstood the question. <laughs> I thought it was a sports game. Because um, the Super Bowl is built around very ooh, expensive, very elaborate makes it so much more ads. interesting because, like, Hogwarts, like, <laughs> just Hogwarts. I think Hogwarts gets one. I think, you think Hogwarts will be? I think Hogwarts gets one. I think okay. it's, it's too big. It's too undeniable. Companies see... You know, just the amount of viewership that all these things are, you know, the Super Bowl gets and uh -huh. Twitch, it just broke Twitch records, right? So it's obviously a very, very big game. Um, I'm saying Hogwarts gets one. Okay. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to question number two. What video game character would make the best football player? Dominic <laughs> from Gears of War. 
<laughs> Dom's got the build. Dom or Marcus, yeah. I mean, I put give them the ball. They're fullbacks, and they're just gonna run through people. I feel like even in, and it's been a while since I've played Gears, but I feel like even the running animation is just like, yeah, get the fuck out. It's of funny the that way. you don't mention Coltrane. Who's also in Gears of War? I don't, you might not be familiar with him. I'm not that. He's, he's the he's the actual football player that's on. Oh, the he's squad. a football player. Okay. <laughs> well, whatever the their futuristic sport is, I forget. what Oh, the so it's not like it's like Marshawn Lynch played Coltrane or yeah, right. or something. No, like no, okay. no. You know, the character's in fiction. I got gotcha. Sports player. Yeah, um, I'm not a big enough Gears fan to know that. Augustus Cole. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. But yeah, I think that was that's where my. I mean, Kratos would be fucking badass. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he's got the rage for that's it. That's not fair. Yeah, that's, <laughs> at least you know Marcus and Don. They're they're actual human beings. Okay. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Leading into our next question. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man and God of War faced off in our franchise madness in God of War 1. Mm. But who would win in a football game between Kratos and Spider-Man? <laughs> Wow, that's a good question. And it's interesting because Kratos, to me, is the ultimate do not underestimate me guy. Yeah, he, yeah. He, That's what he does, right? He yeah. goes up against, oh my god, he's got to take down Kronos. He's a fucking, mo- like, how's he going to do it? He does it. Oh, he's got a boulder can't be hurt, and he does it. He literally goes to hell, and he does it. Right. So, like, immediately, I'm like, well, Spider-Man's, he's acrobatic as fuck. He can use his webs. He can, he's got spidey sense, so he knows when he's going to get tackled. He's probably faster. But Kratos doesn't lose. But I'm going to go with Spider-Man just because, like, I'm going to say there's some referees on the field that are, like, keeping things in check. Right. Kratos can't kill him. Right. Kratos can't throw his axe at Spider-Man's face. Right. Because that's the other thing, too, is Kratos figured out a way to beat Heimdall. And Heimdall basically has Spidey sense. Right. So right. he figured it out. Right. Um, but we'll go Spider-Man because okay. I just think he's, he's too agile. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then the final question. Which of the following fictional sports, if made real, would become as big as the Super Bowl? Okay. I have Quidditch. Okay. Blitzball. I was hoping you were going to have Blitzball. Rocket League. Pokemon. Pyre. I don't know if... I know, I, I know it, but I, I'm... <laughs> I, that's, that's fine. I, it's, that's fine. And I have Gwent from The Witcher. Okay. I'm going to get rid of Gwent. I'm going to get rid of um, Pyre. <laughs> Rocket League would be cool, but I think there would be a, a section of people that would be like, oh my god, it's so violent. There's little, like, because, you know, cars would crash and shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, for sure. So it's between Quidditch, and what was, I'm sorry, what was the other one? And Blitzball? Yeah. And was there and any other? Pokemon. Others? So it's not Blitzball. I love Blitzball. I thought that was going to be your answer. I know, but like, <laughs> even the people who played Final Fantasy, some of them hate that game. You know, it's slow, it's weird. Um, it makes no sense, because <laughs> physics just doesn't work in water. <laughs> It's got to be Quidditch, man. If 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 you could if you could figure out a way to get that game to work in its in the form that it would need to, people would fucking love it. If you figure out a way to get people on brooms, it's fast, it's team based, they're scoring. Uh, obviously, strong allegiances to the teams. Um, I think that would be the one that uh, you know, cool fucking stadiums. You know, the seats are super high up. Um, I think it'd have to be Quidditch. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, that would be very popular. Would, would, is that what would you? Where, what are you leaning towards? 
Uh, yeah, Quidditch, Quidditch would be popular because of the flying and... I also don't know anything about Gwent besides it being a card game, so like if no, there's, if there's other... Think... Okay. <laughs> so I, I would love to see like a World Series of Poker, but with like Gwent. <laughs> yeah, I, that's, I love a, uh, the idea of a filled stadium I... watching two people on like a fold-out table like throwing cards on it. Um, yeah. I mean, Pokemon would be fucking wild too, but... Are we like? Is it more like Pokemon Arena, or is it? <laughs> yeah, more like an like, arena. Like you would be fighting two people would be fighting three v three Pokemon. Yeah, people. <laughs> I'd fucking watch that. Like, why would you not want to watch that? I mean, Pokemon on its own is a big franchise. Yeah. So yeah, if, uh, if, the if, biggest. If, yeah, if Pokemon was were real and they were they would fight. I'm I still going Quidditch huge. because I think people would have a really big problem with animals fighting yeah for sure you know <laughs> cockfighting and dogfighting are have their reputations so, under, yeah. like as they should right uh, so yeah. yeah yeah Quidditch I'm comfortable yeah. with that okay alright so like that, it. that's it for my Super Bowl and gaming questions good job John thank you thank you <laughs> good <myself>. answers <laughs> alright so let's move on to my next topic it is Hogwarts Legacy it is out today while we're recording, February 10th. Uh, this comes from Avalanche and Warner Brothers Games. Uh, it is based on the Harry Potter franchise, a collection of books, a collection of movies. Very, very big property. Uh, but before we get into like reviews and the game itself, I want to talk about the controversy that led up to this game's release. Um, and I'm just going to start with the, the, the quote that started it all. So there is a subreddit called Gaming Circle Jerk on Reddit. And Reasonable people over there. <laughs> and typically it's made to poke fun at the gaming, at people that talk about gaming in other subreddits. You know, if somebody goes, oh, this was the best year of gaming. I wish I could go back and it'll be like 1998, you know, or 2007, all those you know, and it doesn't factor in that nostalgia is a thing. And, you know, you were a kid probably at the time with infinite time. So, of course, that was the greatest time in gaming, you know, even mm -hmm. though it's not. You know, I always think the most current time is because games are the most convenient. They're, they they play, they look... They are, they in look, fact, better. They have been building upon each other for <laughs> yeah, years and yeah, years. They yes. look better. Yes. They play better. They're cheaper than ever. All these things, you know. PlayStation Plus Extra is amazing. You know, games with gold, Game Pass, all these well, things. Well, it's not games with gold. Let's, let's <laughs> tone it down a bit. But anyway, so they'll, they'll poke fun of threads like that or, you know, the whole, like... Aloy and Horizon, like the Peach Fuzz face, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know how gamers thought she was ugly, and then you know the game comes out, and everyone's posting sexy photos of Aloy at the beach, you know, in the photo mode in the game, you know, just just the hypocrisy that's in gaming, and this the, the, the hilarious things that come out of uh, people's mouths, you know, on the internet when they talk about their you know favorite hobby. Uh, but this took a interesting turn. So a mod on the Gaming Circle Jerk subreddit posted this. A friendly reminder from your mod team that this woman, referring to J.K. Rowling, this it was accompanied by a picture of her, is a TERF, which means trans-exclusionary radical feminist, and anyone who pledges to support her monetarily is also a transphobe. So if you buy Hogwarts Legacy, you are supporting uh, J.K. Rowling, because you know she's it's her property, she owns everything, that you're instantly a transphobe. Uh, and the subreddit got behind this, uh, you know, and I'm just going to say this right off the bat, like 
that is a ridiculous like just base to start with right mm -hmm. like that if you spend any money on this you're a transphobe it doesn't like just because a, the a slightest smallest percentage of the game goes to her instantly makes you a transphobe like and by this logic you might as well just kill off Harry Potter like because you can't yeah. buy the books you can't watch the movies you can't do anything with it because because she's gonna because she's gonna profit off of it and I don't want to get into like her views or anything like that she has a history of you know not being not saying positive things about trans people but this kind of like point of view is just so like it's so radical it's ex it's, a, it's an extremist point of view and if you extrapolate this to everything in our modern life like most things you wouldn't be able to get because it's supporting somebody who's horrible in some way it's just how it's just how the world works and, and I don't mind that people, if you have this viewpoint and you decide not to play this, but what happens next um, is your typical internet controversy, right? At its finest. And I really wanna emphasize the internet controversy because when things are bad on the internet, it's they're small scale, but they always seem bigger, you know? Like when Last of Us 2 haters go after Last of Us, that's a very small subset of people. And same thing here, even though this post got thousands of upvotes and spread across the internet, it's still just an internet controversy. Most people that are not even aware of it, you're probably, you might be listening and not even be aware of it, um, but this is the ripple effect that this had is a it spread to other subreddits where fights were getting, you know, and on Twitter fights between both groups, you know, like saying like, oh, I, I just want to play a Harry Potter game. Mm -hmm. I'm not a transphobe or, you know, people saying like, you know, there's the extremists on the right side. It's like, no, I'm going to buy multiple copies to rub it in their face. So things got a lot out of hand pretty quickly to where Reddit PS5, you cannot mention J.K. Rowling at all. Oh, really? Yep. Oh, okay. Or it's instantly deleted or, or in your subject to possible ban. In our gaming, you can't even mention the game at all. Hogwarts Legacy cannot what? be posted about at all That's fucking stupid. <laughs> on Reddit gaming. Okay. And so that is leading up to now. So now the game is out. Some sites are choosing not to review it. Uh, GameSpot on their front page had a link to a trans charity. Really? Yep. <laughs> See, this is all news to John. And in, even in the IGN review, they had to have a whole little section where they had to talk about it, you know, because it's just, you know, every, everywhere there's comments, there's people are discussing it. Um, and now, today, the game, the, the, this group is now going around just spoiling the game. That's how they're kind of, you know, <laughs> Real mature. Yeah, so it's like internet controversy at its finest. There's no empathy. There's no open-mindedness. There's no compromise. Uh, there's tons of virtual sign virtue signaling. You know, I would love a you know a gamer tag forensic analyst to see that everyone that says they're not buying this game and see if they're playing it this weekend. Yeah. You know, yeah. like uh, because when reviews finally did hit. It's at an 85, so it's actually a good game. Yeah. Um, and I know I've been talking for a while, John. I threw a lot of things at you. Sure. Revealed, <laughs> showed you some things. I just, what are you? What are your thoughts on? I, let's just, I guess, talk about the controversy part of this. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, a couple, a couple thoughts, and again, you know, we're not going to talk about anybody's specific opinions on anything, but 
you know, it's just, yeah, it's a, it's a testament to how I feel like the world has been moving for the past couple of years is this, everything is black and white. Everything is tribalism. It's us versus them. It's me versus you. And nobody's able to just try and have a conversation about something to get to the bottom of things, to realize that there are nuances that people, people are able to have nuances with things, right? Like maybe you're a Republican, but you do think that you know, pro choice is a thing, whatever the example is. And it's just, right. it's, it's getting so tiring, man. It's, it's so, so tiring. And you know, the thing that I, I think I wish some people who had a problem with this realized more is that it's not going to affect JK Rowling. It's gonna affect the people who developed the game. And there are a lot of people that worked really hard on this game that are re- relying on reviews, sales, things to get their bonuses, to feed their families. And I just feel like people then value, well, it's, it's I need to prove that I'm right over the other side. And that's more important than if, if, you know, if a couple people get hurt along the way, just so JK Rowling can get hurt. It's just, it's a weird energy that is just always being thrown out with everything nowadays. And mm-hmm. you know, I guess it, it it goes into this, but something I want people to kind of think about is is the idea, you know, that you're avoid. You know, if you're a person who says I'm not gonna even think about this game, it's like, do you really think you're living a moralistic life entirely? Because I guarantee you, none of us are. <laughs> even if you want to believe you are, it's just like there are so many shit things happening in the world. You know, even in the video game space, you know, you think of companies. You know, anybody who operates out of um, SNK, right? Saudi Arabia just bought the entire company of SNK. This is a country, not talking about the people, but their leadership had a journalist killed. Like that happened. Right. China is currently has supposed slave camps. You know, there there are things that are happening outside of just people's feelings getting hurt and things like that that I think, you know, is where energy needs to be directed as opposed to you know, um, whatever this is. And, um, <laughs> well, even if, even if, yeah, like it's so easy to just stay online and just say hateful things or spoil a game or harass people online. Cause you can do that from the comfort of your home and everything else. But if you're so passionate about this, that you're, you're driven to do these things, like go volunteer, donate to charities, but like, like, do something that's gonna put some good into the world. You're just funneling in more hate, yep. and it's just it's just not For like you nothing. said. I don't I don't I don't see I don't see anything happening really because again it's an inter- internet controversy. Like the Harry Potter is a big franchise. It's gonna withstand this, and it's uh, this game is gonna sell crazy. It's already got the Twitch numbers. It's it's gonna be you know the big big seller of the month. Like just well, that's that's the thing, man. Have you ever heard of the Streisand effect? Have you ever heard that term? No, I don't think so. Okay, so the Streisand effect is a phenomenon in which an attempt to censor, hide, or otherwise draw attention away from something only serves to attract more attention to it. There's a famous example, I think, of Barbara Streisand back in the '70s or something trying to like deflect, and it just brought all the attention to her. Right. And that's you know that's that's this too, man. It's just like like you just said, it broke the record of Twitch for concurrent viewers. I think they posted today or yesterday that they're releasing a limited edition Hogwarts controller, DualShock. Sold out in less than a minute. Right. Like, it doesn't... It's, it, I just... I don't understand what people's goals are. What are you trying to accomplish? Like, do you, you're you trying to burn JK to the ground? Right. Just, just, just ignore it. Move on with your life, man. Focus that energy towards something good, like you said. It's just... Right. It's so tiring. 
Yeah, so to improve the life of maybe a trans person in your life or go volunteer and, you know, do some volunteer work for a trans organization. You know, that's where you can make the impact on the smaller scale and help people out. But boycotting a game is... And, I'm fine with the boycotting the game part. I'm 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 don't like the part where it's like a mob mentality going after streamers, going after people talking about the game. Like, yeah. like just let it just let it go. Like move just move on. It's but again, yeah. it's internet controversy, so it's got to fill. It's got to have all those staples of like a bunch of angry people that can't let it go, and you know, and are typically the minority, and now going around harassing and bullying other people like I just I just man just bums me out like it just right people should be right now the discussion should be like did you see that you can do this in the game did you see that you can fly your hippogriff into this part of the map did you I haven't heard anybody the game came out today I have not seen a single post or anybody be like check this shit out this is Mm -hmm. awesome it's just if there's discussion it's about this side of it and that sucks right fucking sucks right right yeah uh, because yeah, well, we can. I, I think we're good here. We can move on to the review yeah, section. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, I'm about to say something that'll probably, like, you know, unintentionally, that'll <laughs> say something. Put my foot in my mouth. So yes, let's move on. I know my so, limits. So the reviews came out. It's like I mentioned earlier. It's sitting at an 85 on Open Critic. And as you, me, and John talked about on Yay, Nay, or May, like we didn't think this game was going to be very good. Um, no, I'm disappointed in myself. <laughs> Avalanche, you know, is a you know kind of this is kind of a big deal. A, big project to take on you know making the dream harry potter game you know and who knew if they were gonna have the chops from it and then when every time they showed the game you know between the pop in and uh the the little brief snippets we've seen is just like ugh, game is not great yeah (laughs) it looks great doesn't does not look great the uh you know the fact that avalanche was that that was the basis of my entire feelings on this game going forward. It's exceptionally rare that a team is able to transition from small projects like they were doing or, you know, vastly different to an open world massive franchise RPG and they pulled it off. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah, and, uh, when they showed the game, I was like, yeah, it was very sparsely and populated. It looked a little janky. I wasn't sure on the combat, but people got their hands on it and unless if this is just Harry Potter fans, you know, um, pulling the wool over their eyes. I don't. I'm, I know it's not. Um, seems like it's a good fucking game. Yeah. And uh, yeah, are you gonna play it, Nick? <laughs> yeah, uh, I have the game, so oh. I am gonna. <laughs> I am gonna play it. Um, I have played the first hour or so, and it does have a very good opening uh, that kind of sets the stage uh, before you even get into Hogwarts. Uh, so it, it, it's getting me hooked there. Um, but to your point, like I, I know, like the IGN review, which gave it a nine, it was like his the quote from it is Hogwarts Legacy is the Harry Potter RPG I've always wanted to play. So <laughs> they, they got the super fan on that one, right? But I, I do like uh, Games Radar. This is from Josh West, uh, and that, I, this is probably sums it up perfectly. Is Hog- Hogwarts Legacy is a solid first attempt. If Avalanche can be accused of anything, it's that the studio has tried to do too much all at once. Something was going. Something was always going to give between the massive open world, the messy RPG economy, exciting action combat, and adventure story that wants to cast you as a hero with homework due on Monday. Mm. So, and I think that's what the game kind of looks like and the kind of the parts we were kind of down on, like the big open world that just seemed sparse, yeah. you know, and, you know, and you have to have the schedule of a school and you got to have the RPG mechanics and you have the combat. So 
you know, maybe when I'm getting into the game, I'll notice all these things, but... Yeah, and that's like I'm still a little nervous personally uh, to play this game. I, I'll, I'm sure once Nick's done with it, I'll borrow it to check it out. And my wife loves Harry Potter, so there's that side of it too. But it seems like the the big praise for this is coming from a lot of the things that I don't I don't personally seek out in games. You know, building relationships with your classmates. <laughs> um, you know, all the cosmetics and things that you can get for your your person and. You know, and just the minute little things, you know, building out your, your homeroom and, and stuff like that. So, um, with like everybody kind of saying like the combat's fine and the movement's fine and like the RPG mechanics are fine. And those that's what I like. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm still a little like, eh, you know, maybe I will, maybe I won't love it. But um, either way, man, it seems like... Yeah, like you just read in that review, this is the, the the game that Harry Potter fans have wanted. And I do find it interesting, too, you know, because I am 33, so I am the perfect age for Harry Potter. Like, mm-hmm. I, was t- I was 10 when the first book came out, mm-hmm. and she wrote the books to kind of age. Like, each book was supposed to be kind of like another grade level, so that by the time I was 18, the, eight, the last book came out, it was perfect. And I'm sure a lot of games journalism is the same age as me, so it, I, I find it interesting, yeah, that... You know, there are going to be a large amount of people that have brought in this love for this fran- this 20-year love for a franchise into this. And so I, I'm not saying any of that is present in any reviews. I haven't looked close enough to think it if it was or not, but it is something, at least in the back of my head, you know, that that, that can sway opinion. Yeah, for sure. But yeah. that's also anything. Anybody, Star Wars could say the same thing. Right, so. right, right. Yeah, you, you hope reviewers can leave their fandom out. Yeah. But... Also, at the same time, they're usually the best to talk about it, you know, like especially when a game's trying to recreate Hogwarts, you know, maybe you you wanted that fan reviewing it so he can be like, yeah, this is what I've wanted. This is what Hogwarts should be. Yeah. But uh, yeah, just, you know, I guess you take that with the reviewer and as long as they're upfront about that, like Travis was at IGN, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just how but, it is. I mean, I, yeah, it... it I remember the feeling I had when I played South Park, The Stick of Truth for the first time, mm-hmm. and I got to walk around that town. I was so happy walking around that town. That's all <laughs> I was doing. I wasn't doing anything. I was just like, oh, it's Tom's rhinoplasty, and oh, it's 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 the Chinese restaurant or yeah. whatever. And like, so I'm sure it's the same thing with this. Like, oh, I'm in the Great Hall. Look at this. Oh, it's the grout. It's the Quidditch, Quidditch pitch. Um, that in and of itself is a joy for a lot of people. I'm sure. Sure. So. Sure. But a fun fact about the Stick of Truth, I beat it in one sitting. What? <laughs> I started it like a Saturday, and I played through the night and beat it the next morning. I love that game that wow. much. <laughs> Have you ever gone back and played it? No, I haven't played it since. But I started it like, well, you know me, like three weeks ago just because... <laughs> Like, just, I just wanted to load into it again, because, like, my son, I showed my son, you know, maybe he shouldn't have, uh, Clip Cartman because I find it hilarious. There's no swearing or anything, it's just him going, meh, it's really funny. <laughs> but, uh, so I thought of the game, and I was like, you know what, that, I would like to go back. How's the trophies on this thing look? And it doesn't look fun. But, um, I have thought about going back to those. I didn't really like the fractured butthole all that much. I thought it was, it was right. a step down. Still funny. But I liked the, um, fantasy... Lord of the Rings aesthetic, of course, much, you did. much more than the you know the superhero side. <laughs> of, of course, so, you did. Yeah. Go figure. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so it's good. It's you know Harry Potter's fans, you know, rejoice. Yeah. Or, I mean, just I mean, I'm not the biggest Harry Potter fan at all, uh, but I'm just glad that it like as as we mentioned last week, I was kind of on review watch to see which one of these games this month would review well and then take a swing at one of them and then just have this one right out of the gate. A week later, just be like, oh wow, 
Pretty good start to the year, man. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty good start to the year. We'll see. Uh, I mean, next big release, what, Atomic Heart and uh, Like a Dragon Eshin? Those and are the Wild next. Heart. And Wild Hearts, yeah. Three more unknowns. Yeah. So we'll see if uh, <laughs> hot streaks continue or if somebody falters. But Right. See? Okay. We can move on to your topics, John. All right. So you thought I was going to be the only one getting quizzed today, Nick. That's not the case. Uh, I've, I've been honestly missing our PlayStation franchise madness a little bit, so I thought we'd start kind of a, another little game. This one is not going to continue throughout week to week, but, you know, maybe uh, instilled a little bit of creativity in me, so, you know, there might be more quizzes to come, but for this oh, one... Oh, boy. We are going to be playing Guess That Franchise, Characters Edition. Oh, boy. All right, so oh, the way that I've, no. I've structured this, Nick, is I have ten franchises, okay? These aren't specific games, these are franchises. Okay. And I have pulled five characters from each of those franchises. <laughs> I started with obscure characters, and they get progressively easier throughout the five, so that, you know, hopefully by the end, I don't think you're going to miss any of these. I really, okay. I really don't. But, okay. you know, I also don't really know how well you know some of these, so I might, the first one might be like, oh shit, the, you, you know. Right. You, you know, Arkham, right. You know, you know you the Arkham's here, so. I hate quizzes, but. I know you do. That's also part of the reason I did it. I did it. <laughs> All right, so you ready right. for the first one? Sure, let's go. All right, character is Oleg Petrovsky. Oleg Petrovsky. Oleg Petrovsky. Oleg, Oleg, Oleg. Boy, I feel like I should know this. Mm -hmm. This is why it's gonna be fun. <laughs> This is this is not The Witcher. Nope. Okay. I'm gonna give you like a 10 second limit. Too. Okay, go okay. ahead. Go. All just right. go with the next. Doctor Chakwas. Doctor Chakwas. Oh, this see this is why I hate Fridays. <laughs> My, <laughs> My brain. brain is mush. Okay, Thane Krios. Oh, uh, this is Mass Effect. Yeah, Mass Effect. <laughs> Good one. Next ones was Saren Artarius and Liara Tassoni. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Ready for the next one? Yep. Hector Alcazar. <laughs> Hector Alcazar. Go to the next one. <laughs> Tenzin. Tenzin. Remember, this is a franchise. Tenzin. Yeah. Tenzin, Tenzin, Tenzin. God, people are probably yelling at me right now. I know, that's also why I wanted this. <laughs> All right, what's the next one? Rafe Adler. Rafe Adler. No, keep going. Nadine Ross. Damn, wow. I'd... Okay, Chloe Frazier. <laughs> no! No! Do you, remember Ten, do you remember who Tenzin is? No. So he's in Uncharted 2. He's like the uh, Sherpa guy that's like going with you through the mountains. Oh, okay. I, 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 that's like the one I was like, I think I might have been able to get Tenzin, but I would have gotten <laughs> Hector or, or Rafe probably. So, All right, this one might be a little hard, but we'll go for it. Uh, Ifalna. Ifalna. Okay. Keep going. Jacked. Keep going. Bosch von Ronsenberg. <laughs> Bosch von Ronsenberg. No. No. Vincent Valentine. Oh. <laughs> Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy. Do you know who Bosch von... You should know Bosch. He's in 12. I know oh. you like 12 a lot. But I know yeah, you know, but the I... full name is... And like, it's, it's hard to... And hard as to much as I love out. 12, I... Barely could remember the characters and the plot points. Oh man, I should have. I don't know why. Okay, so like, would you have, like, what if it was like Pinello? Would you have gotten Pinello? No, I like, I don't, like, I don't know when I played that game. Yeah. Like, I must have been a bit, I think it was right when I got my PS3 and I was backlogging tons of PS2 games because I hadn't played. So I was playing through yeah. God of War, playing through everything. And it's just like, 
a lot of details. Even like God of War two is like a lot of details are just yeah. Two gone. is the one that, that I don't really remember well either. <laughs> yeah. Um, so all right, and yeah, and then the last one was Rufus Shinra. So you okay. probably you should have gotten that one. Yeah. All right. Number four, uh, Dampy. Dampy. <laughs> Games have silly names. They do. <laughs> Princess Ruto. Princess Ruto. No. Why is it? <laughs> know that. King Dodongo. King Dodongo. Are, are these on PlayStation? No. They can be on other platforms? They can be on other platforms. Princess Ruto. This is on another platform. Okay. Yeah, that's that's why the names are... Aghanim. <laughs> <laughs> no, go ahead. Epona. <laughs> Zelda. Yeah, Aghanim, I was like, yeah, it's probably really hard, but he is the main bad guy in A Link to the Past, so I thought maybe, like, you know, you would have... Really? Yeah, it's not. It's, it's like the one game that's not Ganon, I think. It's, yeah, Aghanim is the dude, but... All right. Gretchen Whistler. Gretchen Whistler. Keep going. Ferris Boyle. No. Frank Bowles. <laughs> Johnny Charisma. I went hard with this one. This one is the one I went hard with because I didn't know with you. <laughs> so... Gretchen Whistler, Ferris Boyle, Frank Bulls, Johnny Charisma. I want to say Control. That's a good guess. No. Killer Croc. (laughs) (laughs) Arkham? Arkham was a hard one because I was like, I'm going to include it because I know how much you love them. But, like, I can't do Mr. Freeze. I can't do Poison (laughs) Ivy. So I was like, all right, well, maybe he knows. You know, Johnny Charisma is the name of the Joker, I think, when he was playing the the pop star or something stupid. Okay. All right. Carl Johnson. Carl Johnson. Carl Johnson. Tony Cipriani. Is this Grand Theft Auto? Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> yep. Jimmy DeSanta, Trevor Phillips, and Nico Bellich. <laughs> All right. Another one I wasn't sure how to do for you, so sorry if it's hard. Okay. Avalik. 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 Nope. Barnabas Basil Faulty. <laughs> nope. Okay. Dandelion. Oh, The Witcher. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't. I it, like. I was like, there were so many characters. I'm just like, I. Uh, I remember Vesemir and Roach and Siri. So, and then uh, fourth was Vesemir. Fifth was Roach. Okay. All right, two more. All right. Orcos. 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 Demos. Calliope. This is God of War. Yep. Okay. Brock and then Jormungandr. <laughs> All right, last one. All right. Dr. Brown. <laughs> I was hoping I could get at least one on the first No, I, I'm not going to let you do that. <laughs> Dr. Brown. Smash Daisaku. <laughs> General Gray. Orange. Black. <laughs> Green. What? Are you just, na- you're just naming colors? Yeah. You should know this. <laughs> no, I don't. Why do you? I don't have no Orange, idea. black, pink, green. Gunstar Heroes, Nick. You know Gunstar Heroes. Come on. They're just colors. Yeah, I, I know. Like, but I, it's our game. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, well done. You only missed one. The one you should have gotten, but that's fine. Good job, bud. I know, those. Right, I know, I know how much fine. you love those. Fine. All right, good job. 
That's Hopefully fine. it wasn't too painful. No, no, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's... All right, well, let's get into some actual, like, video game chat here. So, my next topic here, Nick, uh, as uh, some of our viewers might know, uh, Nintendo, well, and as you ranted early in the beginning of the episode, Nintendo just had a Direct. They must have a 550 piece of hardware coming out. You'd think so, but no, they just have, like, some nice little games. They just have a seven-year-old platform, and they're still doing... Yeah, when's that Switch 2 coming out, man? (laughs) But so I wanted to go through the Direct, not piece by piece, because there's a lot of filler in these things, but at least some of the games that I think look cool and that are coming to PlayStation. So, uh, and then uh, one specific demo I want to talk about here. So first to kind of just go through some of the games uh, that I think people should be kind of paying attention to. Um... First one is Octopath Traveler 2. Uh, This is the sequel to, obviously, Octopath Traveler, which is an RPG from Square Enix. It has that uh, 2.5 HD or 2D HD style to it that actually I think the first one kind of popularized. So um, that's coming out February 24th to PS4 and PS5. Uh, Then we got a date for the uh, DLC for Dead Cells, the new one, uh, which is Return to Castlevania. Uh, That comes out March 6th. Uh, if you haven't played Dead Cells, you know, you really, really, really should. It's fantastic, great roguelike game, and uh, they just keep supporting it. So, uh, Are you check. playing this? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I inherently always have a problem with DLC. Like, I just, yes. you know, it's, it's not my thing. And so, probably not, at least off the jump, because March 6th is a busy time, and I'm still... I still have Elden Ring on top of everything else, right? <laughs> and Dead Space that I have to get through, and other stuff. So, probably eventually, you know, once it's on sale. Um, Tron Identity, which looked kind of cool. It's a heavy narrative-focused game. Uh, that's coming out in April. So, um, you know, if you're into the Tron franchise and you like super narrative games, that might be, you know, it's obviously got a pretty unique art style. Um, and then from Don't Nod, uh, this game may be the most surprising game of the whole bunch just because it's, you know, nobody knew anything about it, but it has a very, very cool art style and, and seems pretty unique, and that's Harmony, The Fall of Reverie. Uh, which comes out in June at uh, some point. And that has, uh, it's billed as a unique narrative experience. So um, something to keep an eye on. And then lastly here, I just wanted to mention Deca Police, which is a new game coming from Level 5, who did Nino Kuni. Um, what other games have they done in the past, Nick? Level 5. Dark Cloud, the Dark Cloud series. Yeah, um, I, was, I was looking through their games because I was like, I, sure, I've played one, but I haven't. And uh, You've never played a single one? I don't think so. I, they, have, they have released so many games... Yeah, and I'm not, and then there's so many I didn't. The know. Professor Layton series, you know, that's yeah. another, another one. But Rogue Galaxy, but uh, yeah. So uh, if you're interested in any of those, go check them out. But the thing about the direct that I wanted to talk about most here is they released a demo for one of my most anticipated games of the year, um, and that game is Sea of Stars. Uh, Shadow dropped a demo for us, which was super, super awesome. This is the follow-up from Sabotage Games, uh, who did The Messenger. Fantastic game, um, you know, that also had a retro style to it. But The Messenger was basically their attempt at NES Ninja Gaiden, and this is their attempt at SNES Chrono Trigger. It's it's one of the most direct comparisons. You know, you, you look at this game and you immediately see that. But uh, I was really excited to get my hands on this, and so I had some, some thoughts on it. And, yeah, I just wanted to go over that. So... 
one of the very first things you're going to notice with this game, I think if you play video games at all, you're going to notice how gorgeous it is. Whether you like pixel art or you don't, this is some of the prettiest, if not the prettiest pixel art I've ever seen. Um, the amount of detail that they are packing into this game is, is frankly mind-blowing. Um, from your character running and you see her hair sway back and forth to all of the foliage and trees and the environment are swaying with the wind a little bit gently. If you're going, you know, there's uh, actually some pretty, pretty nice traversal mechanics where you can like kind of climb things and you know if you're if you've ever played an old school RPG Final Fantasy 6 Chrono Trigger anything like that it's usually very flat and you're kind of maybe walking up some stairs or down some stairs but this one they they actually took the time to allow you to uh, climb up ledges, go down ledges, and there's animations for every single one of these moves. You know, the, the pixel character is reaching up onto the ledge and pulling herself up, and it's just, if you pay attention to all the little things, it's, it's frankly, it's pretty mind-blowing. Um, another thing that this game has very much been touting is the music. Um, the Messenger, in and of itself, had fantastic music, uh, but they made a point to say that with this game, they got the original composer uh, to Chrono Trigger, which is many people's a lot of people's a favorite game of all time, but they especially like the music, uh, and that's from Yasunoro Mitsuda. Um, so that's you know, music I think is one of the most underappreciated parts of games. You know, if music lands for you, that's part of the reason I like Nier Automata so much. Um, that it really can can elevate a game for you. Yeah. Um, the combat combat is surprisingly in depth. Where I kind of thought it was, you know, it's turn-based RPG. Um, I like the fact that it allows you to take as much time as you need. That's something that I've never really personally liked about like the ATB system in the Final Fantasy games. I don't like having a little bit of pressure behind me. I like to mm -hmm. think about the situation, analyze, okay, what are the enemies doing? When are they going to attack? What can I do to set up my my sequence? And this game lets you do that, but with some also extra layers where. Uh, one of the things that the enemies have um, is, I believe they call them blocks, which, not like they're blocking an attack, but there's these little blocks above their character that have very specific um, actions associated with them, whether that's you have to do a fire attack, a sword attack, a blunt attack. And if you're able to attack these enemies before they're able to execute the move that they're building up, it's either going to kill them completely or knock their move offline. So it kind of adds this extra layer to strategy. But then there's also extra layers such as um, when you're attacking, if you time the, uh, if you hit A at the right time, you're going to attack twice. Same thing works for defense. You're going to defend yourself a little bit better. Um, and then there's also these orbs that fly out as you kill enemies that you're allowed to absorb as the player to enhance attack. So there's a lot of little things that can give you an upper, uh, an edge. Um, and then lastly with the combat is uh, similar to Chrono Trigger, you're able to kind of, movement is important and placement is important. So for instance, you start uh, the demo with a group of three characters. One of those characters has the ability to throw somebody else. So he can throw an enemy towards another enemy. Then you can use another character who uses a massive fireball, launches at one of them, damages both, you know, allows you to really get creative with it, um, which is fun. Um, and then, yeah, just like kind of the, the general theme of the demo, man, is just they are doing every little thing. You can you can feel the attention to detail. Every NPC interaction I had was not just like, oh, how are you today? It's just like, it's like almost like a paragraph of like, and it's, and it's kind of funny. If you've played The Messenger, there's one specific character in that game who's kind of like, he kind of guides you through the whole thing, but he's funny. Like they, mm -hmm. they are good at writing funny, which is hard, obviously hard to do. So I kind of expect to see that peppered throughout the game as well. Um, 
But it really just feels like an SNES game if the genre had never died and we've reached 2023, right? The quality of life things are there. It feels good. The movement feels good. You know, I was like one random thing that I kind of noticed last night that uh, it, I, I smiled when I did it is in the very opening section, and this is only going to really apply to anybody who's played an old school RPG like that. If there is any movement like vertically, you can almost always see where you have to jump down a ledge, right? Like it's gonna be like, hey, this this side of the ledge is a little darker, so you know you can jump down, whatever the case. Yeah. And I just wanted to see if this game operated that way or if it was like, no, you kind of have a total sense of freedom. I just walked across this random bridge that had no edging to it and I was like, can I jump off of it? I did, I jumped off of that onto this one spot I didn't think I could get to. That part I had had like, the wall looked weird. It looked like there was like vines or something, leaves. I was like, can I climb this? Yep, I can fucking climb this. So I climbed up there. There's a hidden chest. So there's, you know, a lot of, of that kind of stuff happening as well, which I don't think you got a lot of with old school RPGs because they were limited a lot more on what they could and couldn't do. So um, if you are a fan of retro games, of RPGs, of just really pretty games, I think this is, is going to review very well. I think it's going to be... Uh, something special if you like that kind of stuff and uh, play the demo if you have any interest in uh, on it. Unfortunately, it's only on Switch right now. It's not on anything else, which is stupid. God, they're so good about that. Yes. They, they pick the most perfect games. Hades, Neon White, Nelsia Star. The, the Messenger. Like, yeah. they, they did it with, they, you know, they must have, yeah, they, you know, they have a good eye for good <laughs> indie games. And so, yeah. luckily for us, this one is coming uh, day and date to PlayStation when it's finally released. They did give it a date, which is uh, August. Uh, I should probably get the exact date for us here. <laughs> Let me look that up real quick. Um, but it's uh, it's fantastic, man. Uh, August 29th. We will be on Switch, PS4, PS5, and Windows. No... No Xbox, I'm now seeing. Hmm. Bummer. Sucks. <laughs> That's yeah, that sucks. But um, any questions, Nick? I mean, I, I I don't know if this is one that you know you really want to play, or if you're just like, oh, if you know, if I have the chance, I will. I just again, when indie games are trying to recreate older games, but current, I usually am not interested. Sure. Uh, but everything you say is great, and the the videos great, and the music is great. So there's definitely an interest there, and the, and the little bit of the messenger I played, I loved it. So the interest is there. So it could happen. We'll see. We'll see how things look shape up in August when this comes out. Another thing about out. this game, you know, maybe one day in the podcast we'll we'll share with you you guys. But Nick and I are once again doing our fantasy video game league. Which anybody who's unfamiliar with the league, you know, you, you draft games based on their their uh, performance on Open Critic. You get points and. This game's in my team, so I'm really pulling for it. So is uh, Dead Cells Return to Castlevania. And um, so, yeah, I think it's a, I'm confident in my pick. And I'm looking to do the three-peat <laughs> on Nick because he has yet to beat me in the Fantasy League. Yeah, I, this yeah, this game's probably going to be a slam dunk. Yeah, so. it will. <laughs> it really, really will. Like you, like everything, like everything you said, and just God, just look at the video of this. It's incredible that it's gorgeous. this team is I, making I, I don't know this. how there are development teams that just get it so much more somehow than others like right. and that's not to take away from other teams but they're doing something that i, I don't know nobody else has done it right. it's, it's insanity I so mean, yeah not even like square <laughs> right right so you know like from it, this team who's this is their second game and they did a ninja gaiden game before it like uh, right. what <laughs> so yeah. look out for sabotage games man I, I have a feeling they're they're like a super giant they're like a you know, um, Matt makes games. You know, the guy who did Celeste. Like, right. Just one of those indie teams that is 
just overloaded with talent. So yeah, it's good stuff. And, and just one thing about the direct that came out about it is Tears of the Kingdom is joining the seventy dollar game club. Oh so, yeah, you know when Sony was out there first talking about it. It's another game everyone, in my fantasy league. <laughs> yep, and everyone else was just you know. Yeah, we we don't know what we're doing yet, you know, kind of sitting on their hands about it. Well, we're all there now. You can really sense Sony's confidence sometimes, and that was one of those things. Where like, yeah, you're gonna pay him. It's fine. It's coming. Like whatever. Right. You know, and and, and on the flip side, right? It's Microsoft's like, oh, we're not gonna raise prices. Well, not. We're just gonna go raise prices over here and over here. Right. But, yeah. So Sony was good about the timing of it. Yep. You know, like a new console. And it makes let's, sense. Let's let's do it. Have Premium you seen the price. price of eggs, Nick? Eggs are three times more expensive guys, than they've guys been. I'm obsessed with eggs. I know. I love it. They're my <laughs> they're my favorite. You've talked about this before. <laughs> I know, but like you know, how can you expect that this one specific part of the economy is just going to stay stagnant while everything else gets more expensive? It's just, right. You know, so. but, but with I mean, if you're a, a, I mean, obviously people will pay whatever to play this game. You know, it's one of the most anticipated games. We'll pay at ever. least twelve cartons of eggs worth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that. Uh, that it just it just kind of sucks. Like we're not getting a switch too, and then the price increases. Just I don't know. This this game's the the one. It is. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> since Breath of the Wild launched with Switch, it is. Yeah. I, I, do you think this is their swan song? Or I mean, they they obviously have Pikmin Four coming. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't know what they're doing. I, they, it's time for some kind of. They keep fucking selling. New. So. Yeah. <laughs> new hardware. So. Yeah, John's got two over here, so he's yeah. he's keeping the the old model in business. So, uh, yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> that that dude. But I, I just wanted to point so that out. Good that on it's, OLED. Oh my god, that, so good. Yeah, games games across the board from everybody are seventy dollars. It's just going to be one of those things yep. uh, we're going to have to accept. But it is what it is. Like it or not. <laughs> I still would argue gaming is cheaper than ever. Just wait. Well, 100%. Nintendo games aren't the best about uh, dropping in price, but any other, yeah. any other franchise. Yeah. You know, when did Metroid <laughs> Prime come out? 2004? Or was it like earlier? It was like 2001? Yeah. I checked. I was like, ooh. Yeah, I was it was one or two because it was, like, it was definitely early GameCube. Was 2002. Cause, cause God, I gave that a 9.8. Crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, because I, I really want to play it. I've never played it, and I was like, oh, I have a Switch, and they released it, but it's how much do you think they released Prime for? How much? 50 bucks. 40. Okay. It's like, yeah, it's just 40, like, I don't know. That to me is, I'm, I'm going to try and wait till it's 20. But Yeah, and I mean, that game is, that game is it's old. old. Yeah, Very no. old, so. <laughs> 21 years old. They didn't, I mean, that game can drink. They did, yeah, they did some, they did some, they did some things to it, but they didn't dead space it up. So, no. you know, it's not, no. not quite that level of remake, so. Uh, I mean, pick it up on sale. There was, I mean, they are releasing a physical edition, so that'll eventually be. Well, again, Nintendo games, so it'll probably never be cheap, even used. It'll be cheap, but it retains value, so if you ever trade it back, like it's <laughs> right. going to be, yeah. Right. I th I'm pretty sure Breath of the Wild is still $33 at GameStop. <laughs> yeah. Which is so. Wow. All right, let's move on to the final topic. Again, we're recapping HBO's The Last of Us show. Uh, we are on an episode four now, titled Please Hold to My Hand. Uh Let's just let's just go. Just so spoiler warning: if you have not watched it yet, do that because a an episode another episode is already out by the time you listen to this, and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it's great. It's great. It's still pretty fucking not good. not episode three great, but it's oh. still pretty pretty good. Um, 
I'll let you take it away, John, because, again, you mentioned this as your favorite part of The Last of Us, <laughs> is, is them riding I in the car together. Of, maybe I said favorite, but, <laughs> yeah, so, you know, this is this episode we see, um, you know, Ellie and Joel, they're, they're on the road, right? They're finally starting to get some distance between Boston and, um, you know, Wyoming, where they're trying to go to. Um, and so we get to see a lot of development between Ellie and Joel and their personal relationship with one another, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of the, you know, if if the conflict that is goes on in this episode is one side of it, the other side is obviously the progression of Joel and Ellie together, right? You you see throughout this episode them start to get some warmth for one another, and it feels really really good. It, it's. You know, it's it's obviously as somebody who's played the game, it's it's the moment. I, mo- these moments I've been kind of waiting for to see them start to develop that father daughter relationship. You know, and they gave Ellie the joke book pretty early in this episode, which um, you know, for good w- reason was was for a good reason. Uh, <laughs> Neil, they actually go into that on the podcast, right? Of like why they wanted to do that. No, I don't remember. Yeah. They did or not. I don't know, but she immediately breaks into the jokes, right? And um, Bella Ramsey does a, a great job with them. Right. Well, I think the joke book is a good sign of how she's growing on him. Mm-hmm. Because at first, he is not having that joke book at all. Uh, and then as we get to the end of the episode, it, it gets to him. Oh, yeah. And, you know, she's using she's <laughs> using some of the jokes in the game. You know, it's, you know, did you know that diarrhea is hereditary? It runs in your genes. <laughs> Um, what did the mermaid what? wear in math class? Things like that in algebra. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. And, and you know, it's just so so nice to see. I think when Joel smiles at the end of this episode, that's the first time he smiles, I think, in the show, except for the beginning. Right. So, right. For sure. you know, his, 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 his uh, armor has been broken. But so we get in the car, right? We're, we're driving where we need to go. And... I'm a. First off, I'm so happy that they included the joke in the car. Right, that's that's one of my favorite little moments in the game. Right, where Ellie's going through the back of, of uh, Bill's truck and he find she finds a porno. Right. Yep, you've talked about it on this. Show. Yep, finds the porno and uh, you know says the joke pretty much verbatim. Right, why are all these pages sticky? How do you even walk around with that thing? <laughs> bye bye, dude. As she throws the uh, the Getting magazine Joel out the window. Flustered. Oh, it's great. It's it's great. But uh, as they get to as they pull into town right that's like right before they get into town we kind of see one of the ma- like it's not a major divergence it doesn't really matter but in the game they go to pittsburgh they do not go to pittsburgh in this one right mm-hmm. and they go to kansas city right so um i believe when when they were talking about it on the podcast the reasoning was just basically it didn't really matter right we needed to cre- we wanted to create a little bit more space between boston and um i think it makes sense to <laughs> Like, one thing The Last of Us does pretty poorly, especially Last of Us 2, is characters travel great distances through a zombie apocalypse. It almost seems impossible, right? Right. How far they travel. And when you're saying that Joel and Ellie have to drive from Boston to Wyoming, and then in Pittsburgh, of all places, they lose a car and then walk the rest of the way, it's, I don't think that's as believable as they're really close now to where they need to be. And now they're finally losing the car, yeah. Um, because you know they're now they they're going to have to do everything on foot, as we'll get to. Uh, so I think I think that was I think that's the reason. It just makes more sense. It, it makes they more drove sense that and, far. And there was nothing Pittsburgh in the game about Pittsburgh, right? No. It, it's just it's a placeholder. So like yeah. they really it didn't matter. But and I think they mentioned that where they were shooting because they were shooting in I believe Calgary. Alberta. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that it that the 
where they were shooting more resembled uh, Kansas City than Pittsburgh. So right. there was just there was a just a bunch of reasons. It, yeah, it just worked out. But and, and again, it doesn't matter to the overall plot at all. No. But you know, we get to see that moment that I like, right? <laughs> Which is when they they get into town and the one hurt guy starts to stumble in the road, right, and, and asking for help, and Joel immediately knows what's going on and Ellie you can see the concern in Ellie Faisal are we going to help him and I, I don't even think he says no and this is just put on your seatbelt <laughs> yeah, yeah. and um, yeah. and yeah and you know it's it's kind of the exact scene that you see in the game they start book trying to book it through and, and getting away from these people but um, they successfully get them to crash which starts to you know get a confrontation um, on on way and it's not pretty you know this is like kind of the first time you you know, there's the moment where Joel punches the shit out of that guy in the first episode, but like where you see people getting shot and and like what they did with The Last of Us 2, right? Where they have a lot of violence and names attached to it, so you feel for it. And you could really feel that the group that Joel and Ellie just stumbled upon is a tight-knit group where they care for one another and they're they're a group. It's not just a ragtag group that where there's going to be betrayal and things like that. These people care about each other and so yeah. they want to fucking get them. Um yeah, this is this this part felt a lot like the video game. Especially Even the room they two. crashed in, because you know it's a firefight. You know Joel's behind cover. That's a very gamey thing to do. And as Joel takes one of them out, there's a lot of them swearing at him, calling out to him, and that was a huge part of Last of Us Two. You're gonna that, get yours, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, a <laughs> lot of like that, that stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, um, and yeah, it doesn't take long in this scene. Uh, for Joel to get snuck up behind and Ellie put in the tough decision as a guy is about to kill Joel for her to take out that gun that we saw her grab last episode and use it on this guy. And as The Last of Us 2 also did about the human-on-human violence, uh, it's rough. Yep. Uh, Especially when people... uh, She doesn't kill him, uh, but she definitely shoots him in the back, which... You know, drives this guy to you know beg for his life, um, plead with them, bargain, and it's rough. It's a, it's a rough watch. It's rough to watch Ellie reacting to someone pleading yeah. for her life because she has obviously never had to deal with this before. Um, and you know, Joel knowing what needs to be done. Uh, and it was just a it was it's a great scene. Don't get me wrong. And acted. I don't know the actor's name. Who played the guy? But Brian. <laughs> well, his name is Brian. I don't know yeah. if the actor's name is Brian. Yeah, he was. Yeah, obviously saying his name. You know, trying to build that personal relationship, making it harder. And yeah, it's. Uh, God, is it a rough scene to watch? Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, Joel, his fatherly instincts are kicking in, right? He said, "Okay, you need to go over there now," mm. which you know, his fatherly fatherly instincts already did kick in because he told Ellie to basically go. There's a hide. hole over there. Fucking go hide because this is gonna get ugly. Right. Um, but even in this moment, you know, Ellie knew what needed to be done. She knew she couldn't do it. Joel knew he had to do it, but Joel knew that she's still young. Like she, you, you don't need to see this little one. Right. And uh, so yeah, so you know you can't. And another thing about that is Joel doesn't shoot him. Yeah, he, that was that was a he, rough realization. He, he kind of just stabs him because a loudness. You don't want to draw attention to yourself. Save bullets. All post-apocalyptic yeah. shit. But. Oh, I play. I'm playing Resident Evil. I know. You yeah, know, you gotta stab them on yep. the ground. You don't want to. Yep. You don't waste your Me and Dead Space. I gotta freeze them and then stop them to death. Um, so, but yeah, and I think it's right after here where we meet, I believe, the very first character that has absolutely no presence in the game at all. Correct. Right, and that's Kathleen, played by Melanie Linsky. Yeah. 
What do you think about Kathleen, Nick? Um, it's an interesting scene because we don't know who she is, and she's interrogating a man who we learned to be as a doctor. Delivered her. Yeah, delivered her, of all things. Um, we don't know her role, but we would assume because she's intimidating the guy that she's... You she's know, the one with the gun in her hand. She's, she's a big. She's a big deal. Yep. Um, yeah, and uh, no, I don't know. I didn't really know what to think of it, other than I knew, um, and, and we learned this kind of early on that the quarantine zone in this city is gone. Like it doesn't exist. Right. Uh, Joel noticed. Joel and Ellie noticed that before they get ambushed. Um, so you're kind of not going. Not you don't know what's going on. She's obsessed with finding Henry, who, as we played the video games, know who who that is. Um, and I don't remember in the game is it ever explained Henry's situation. No, I think he just kind of. I think he's he's escaping a group of people trying to get somewhere. And yeah, he's kind of stuck in the city too. Yeah, he's literally. I think I think he's literally just. We're trying to escape. You know, if you guys want to come with us, you can. It would make more sense. Like once they start right. to gain that trust between each other, right. which uh, right. spoilers. So we, <laughs> yeah, so we know. So we know that character. So, but we don't know what he's done. That is also new to this situation, and um, this is kind of where I think we get the scene where the they have found the bodies that Joel and Ellie have killed. Yeah, uh, she sees uh, these bodies. Um, they don't know who did it, but she instantly runs back to this doctor <laughs> after this and just caps him. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and like earlier with the doctor, right? She she mentioned something like, "I wonder if this is the cell where my brother was beaten to death," right? Right. Like, so she, she's saying this to this doctor, which I still am a little like, why would that? You know, what is the yeah? What is the dynamic here? Is there a group of this? Is there a group within this group that's trying to splinter away? Is there? You know, uh, a, a coup on her hands. I don't know. Yeah, I think we're get, we're in the aftermath of a revolution in which the normal people in this quarantine zone rose up against Fedra because all the normal people are wearing the Fedra gear, but not like you know with civilian clothes. And then on there underneath. was a group that started ratting people out to Fedra. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure what this doctor worked with Fedra. He he would probably be considered a Fedra sympathizer. Yeah. And so when they finally took over. Um, for reasons that I'm sure we're going to learn uh, this next episode that drove Kathleen to rise above their the, the oh. Fedra, take things over, and then now punish those who worked with Fedra. Yeah, and actually I just found a quote that kind of, definitely what we're thinking, um, where the doctor goes, you were wronged and I'm sorry, but this has gone too far, it has to stop. Oh, it has to stop now, you mean, now that you're in the cell, but before people were dying... It was okay when you were safe and protected and ratting on your neighbors to Fedra. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it, this definitely seems like we're getting a humanization of the people because these, these people were in the game too, uh, humanizing the, their cause and their, their side of the story um, and, more, and what the television show does best, right? We can actually see them, uh, cut to them because we're not always on Joel. We're not reading... You know, notes and letters that say what happened. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're seeing it. So yeah, it's an interesting perspective, and I'm curious as to where this is gonna shake out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we're in uncharted territories, and I'm, I both like it and don't at the same time. Where it's like, yeah, I, what is going to be 
the conflict resolution between Henry, Sam, Joel, Ellie, and, and Kathleen. Like, that's a brand new thing. And, right. you know, it's interesting listening to Neil a couple weeks ago saying that he's always so nervous with changes if it affects the, um, like, ultimately affects the resolution of a character, right? And so, I mean, we won't get into spoilers what happens to Henry and Sam, but... I just I don't yeah it's almost like there's gonna have to be an extra level like an extra conflict and then right leads to the conflict we know because I feel like that has to happen right but so so yeah, yeah. so she she kind of comes back rallies the troops to find them her second in command is Perry and if you recognize that voice it's because that is Jeffrey Pierce the original Tommy voice actor from the game. And once you cool. know that, you will definitely hear it. So Very if you cool. didn't notice this episode, you'll notice it next episode because it is definitely him. And yeah, it is a very cool cameo. Um, yeah, I think we're probably going to get cameos for everybody because we know Troy Baker's in it. We know Ashley Johnson's in it. So we. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that would just leave Nolan North. Uh... And the guy who played Bill, I guess. Yeah. Like that was, I mean, in terms of main characters. So. <laughs> right. Yeah, maybe. Um, but yeah, you know, this was definitely a, a, um, an episode that's meant to kind of lead into the next, right? You know, there's not the big crazy moments that we've seen really with, you know, An- um, A- Anna Torf. With Tess, you know, the kiss with Tess and Bill and Frank's story and even the Sarah's death in the beginning one, or in the first episode. This was, this was a much more... Um, non-bombastic is that, that's not a that's not a word it but. was a, it was there was two things definitely being established is like the setup right of mm-hmm. what, what what's going to happen next episode you know introducing us to more characters um and then obviously the bond part we're getting more personal time with joel and ellie and seeing her you know win them over like uh, those the two things that they were going to accomplish yeah. and then, speaking of that is like a really good scene when they're kind of hold out in that store and they're just kind of talking together, and he kind of... Is it when he know, gives her the gun? Yep, he gives her the gun back. He shows well, her that, how to shoot it properly, hold it properly. Yeah, that's that's like the moment that he embraces his dadness again, right? I mean, he... I, I think in that moment that, you know, when they're in that room after the fight, Joel realizes once again that he failed. Like, he, they got out of the situation, but Ellie say, if, he, if Ellie didn't shoot that guy, he was dead. Right. And so I think he, he kind of realized at that moment that this girl is much more capable than I gave her credit for. We are in this situation together. It's me and her. I can either trust her and we can, you know, maybe get a little bit of a leg up or I can continue to try to do this alone and I'm going to get more situations like these. So he decides in this moment that, you know, uh, she's ready. And, uh, and, and he obviously at this moment, you know, could see that Ellie was distraught. She didn't wasn't as comfortable with violence as maybe she thought she was going to be. And, you know, he asked her if she's okay. She asked him if he's okay. And in this moment, kind of like, turns it all around, gives her the gun. She starts you, smiling. She realizes she's... Are you, you sure know. about that? Because I, what I think they... I think Ellie's trying to play tough. Because after that he stabbed her, she was like crying when yeah. she went in the other room. And she wiped him away. And then in this scene, she was the one that initialized that conversation. She asked Joel if she, he's all right. So I, I am I sure about what? About if she? Because you said you said Ellie's distraught, but I think I think Ellie is distraught. But I also think she's pretending not to be because she looks up to Joel. Joel is this tough oh, guy. I think one hundred percent. And so that's why she initially asks him if he's all right. Uh, and I think that's when Joel kind of clicks in his head, like, "Holy shit! What just this just happened? She just witnessed all that. I sh- 
yeah, yeah. I need to be comforting her. I, I think I think he, you know, maybe not immediately realize that she's distraught, but I'll tell you as a dad, you, you, you know, you can see these things. Even if she's acting tough, right. you know, you're going to see through that immediately, but... Right, but I, I think Ali's trying to put on a show that oh a hundred yeah a hundred percent she's tougher than she looks and right, I, but at the same time, you know she she's still a little girl, but Joel is understanding that even if she's maybe not the toughest t- nail in the shed, she has a purpose. She does have an extra set of hands that can hold a gun that can get them out of <laughs> right. situations if they need to. And you know, there's a moment I think in the episode two um, where she tells him that I have killed, like I have hurt people before, and mm-hmm. so. You know, this isn't something completely brand new to me, but um, yeah, I mean, it's it's the the genesis of them becoming basically a father and daughter. Like that's yep. that's what we're going towards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we do get a few scenes more with Kathleen as they find a spot where Henry and Sam were hiding out. Sam is painted over all the walls. Um, nothing too interesting here, other than they pretty much assured that they're still in the city. Uh, but then we get a really interesting scene in which Perry shows Kathleen, opens a door, and yeah. the floor is caved in a bit. And it's almost like... It's pulsing. Yeah, it's pulsing. And <laughs> um, we don't know what this means. And it's, it's funny a- you mentioned Gears of War because that's this made me think of Gears of War. Yeah. Um, the enemies in Gears of War came out of the holes in the ground. and that, you That's to, a bloater, dude. It's got to be a bloater. <laughs> yeah. It has to be, right? Yeah, it has to be, yeah. An infected that's super infected. And that is, yeah, I mean, enough to move concrete like that. It's got to be something huge, like, and, and scary. And I mean, the biggest enemy in the first game is a bloater, right, I think? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I, I mean, you know, and we got that shot in the trailer of the bloater kind of coming out of the ground, right? right. So I, I could see... I could see that being next episode. Yeah. You know, we still need our bloater moment since we didn't get it with Bill. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, this would be a pretty decent spot to insert it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I kind of I forgot about that scene. That was... <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, Perry, you know, he, he, he throughout this, Perry seems to be like militia or yeah. ex-military or something. He's very... The way he holds the gun and the way he acts seems like... He wears a body armor vest pretty well. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he, he seems to have a military background. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's he's obviously alarmed by this, but she tells him, you know, let's just keep this under wraps. Let no one in this building. Uh, we'll deal with this after the whole, you know, the, the, we deal with this, all this other stuff that's going on, you know. So, uh, yeah, as you uh, foreshadowing for sure mm-hmm. <laughs> of something that's going to gonna happen. And, yeah, I think episode five will be Tonight? kind of shows big. Big, uh, a bit, a big episode, you know, like kind of like you know the big Game of Thrones moments and everything else. I think this next episode will be kind of huge because we know there's going to be kind of a little bit of a lull going going forward. Yeah, uh, if if they follow the exact points of the. So there's what four episodes after this. Yeah. Right. So okay. So we're, we're, if we assume they get out of Kansas City tonight, right? It's probably where the episode I would imagine end. Mm-hmm. We still have that interesting thing that we saw in the trailers with the Native Americans. We still got that to cover. We got Tommy. Still got Tommy in his town. You got David. Still got David. <laughs> still got you know the the end of it, the, the doctor and everything. So yeah, I mean we're 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 moving. Yeah, we're we're getting we're getting. The meat and it potatoes. It seems like stuff, there's man. almost too much still left it, on the plate. So it almost seems like Henry and Sam has to be resolved this episode. Yeah, which I I, I, I like. They're really not in the game that much. Like no. they seem like it is because it's so impactful. 
what happens. Yeah, and I mean, you play. But, yeah, that, I, I can see I mean, that. Again, like the the show doesn't cover the gameplay moments, so like you play a lot. There's a lot of big gameplay moment where you're with Sam instead. Yeah. Uh, in the game, so and I wonder if that was kind of the reason for Kathleen and that whole dynamic because maybe they realized like shit if we take out all the gameplay of the Sam and Henry shit, there's really not much right. left. Like, right. what do we want? Five minutes of them just talking, and then what happens <laughs> happens. So, right. yeah, I mean, yeah, I could see I could see it wrapping up tonight, and yeah, it kind of has to because if it doesn't tonight, then we're still in Kansas City for episode six, and if that's the case, then yeah, you're almost. Is the show ending? Then yeah, then, the then we're going to start talking about like, <laughs> oh, does it end at Tommy's camp or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, and so we uh, we get back to Joel and Ellie who are, have to climb up a gigantic amount of stairs, thirty three stories. Yep, <laughs> a lot of stories. And <laughs> Joel, to Joel, of course, takes a lot of shit here. Uh, he does mention how old he is, but we we knew that he's you know he's fifty six I believe fifty six yeah so <laughs> yeah that's not easy for a man of that age to oh. climb that many stairs but you know he does it he takes the jabs from be Ellie and Ellie in time and uh, I think we also I forgot the, uh, another thing we mentioned we that Joel's his right ear he doesn't hear very well yep that is established when they were camping earlier in the episode. Uh, that he doesn't hear that well, because uh, that's going to come into play at the end here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, he blames what shooting for over the years and like yeah. pulling on his right side. Yeah, yeah so. <laughs> surviving the apocalypse, you've shot a lot of guns right next to you know you're right-handed, so your right ear is taking a, taking a lot of decibels. Yeah, so he tries he tries to make it a point to sleep on his uh, right ear every night, right? But seemingly he always finds himself on the other <laughs> ear, weirdly enough. Yeah, yeah, because we see him kind of, uh, you know, prepping the room, which I, I love because I don't know how people sleep in apocalypses. You know, I'd be sleeping in a closet with the door shut, you know. <laughs> I like that you've thought about this enough to go, I don't know how people sleep during the apocalypse. <laughs> but uh, he's prepping the room, laying glass down, uh, you know, barricading the door, you know, get, making sure everything's, you know, good for them to sleep there. Um, and uh, this is where, you know, Ellie finally gets them. The, the joke book, you can't can't escape it <laughs> was this the one where she like she started the joke super serious or it was one yeah, earlier she started like, it serious yeah joel i just have a very serious question to ask you <laughs> did you know that diarrhea is hereditary <laughs> and he's like what and then she's like it runs in your genes and she gets some she gets some yeah and again like yeah bella's delivery of that sounded like ashley i loved it and you know until that's so goddamn stupid and he just <laughs> and he starts laughing and it's in 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 a show you know we're what probably four hours into this show now of lots of heavy fucking moments it was interesting it was nice and, and felt good yeah to see just laughter yeah yeah, it's the once. the best part of the show or the games was you know the levity between the, the 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 craziness you know and I think those are the most memorable scenes you know the museum scene and Last of Us two you know like that's probably a lot of people's favorite part yeah. of the game and it doesn't have any shooting it's just two people hanging out having real emotions real responses that Naughty Dog seems to do so well and and the giraffe in the first one yep and very well acted here uh, by Pedro the museum and, in the second one so and Belly. And El, uh, Belly. <laughs> Ella Ramsey. Belly. Uh, and then that leads us to the final shot again. Uh, Joel fell asleep on the wrong ear. And uh, he wakes up to Ellie holding her hands up and looks at Sam, who has painted a superhero mask on his face. 
Is that what that Pointing was? a gun at him. And, I never put that together. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, telling him to shh, be quiet. And that's where we end. A nice little cliffhanger yes. uh, to lead us into episode five. So um, I'm assuming overall you like the episode, John, on that. Yeah. Point. I mean, yeah. It's, you know, as you said in the beginning, is it episode three? No. But if I'm a value, oh, this movie's not, you know, fucking Shawshank Redemption. I don't like it. Yeah. Like, you know, there's... Um, yeah, it does a great, still amazing, great right? job of treading that fine line of recreating the moments of the, sh- the game that we love so much, and then you know, keeping people like John and I who know the game very well uh, on our toes by introducing new characters, new things are taking, uh, you know, the events are taking place in a kind of a different trajectory. So you know, like we said, I. Episode five, we kind of think the big plot beats will be hit, but how it's all going to go down, it's I called, have no idea. It's called <laughs> The episode is called Endure and Survive. Yeah, so, <laughs> so so how this will shake out, you know, I don't know, but it's it's going to be crazy. I, I They're going to be enduring too and many, surviving. Too many pieces are in play here. The It's going gonna, it's gonna to get wild, so. Yeah, I have a feeling Melanie Linsky's going to have a bad night. <laughs> yeah. Probably, yeah. <laughs> so well, some other characters. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Every it doesn't end well for anybody, really. <laughs> so it eventually gets to them. So, all right. So that is six things. John, do you have anything to tease for next week? Uh, no, I mean, going through Dead Space, fantastic. Uh, you know, so uh, trying to get that buttoned up so we can have a uh, episode based on that and. Um, no, I mean, other than that, you know, I, I, like I said, I was trying to do the Sea of Stars thing, and I'm plucking away at Elven Ring still, still having a fucking ball with that, so I will be spending my time with those two. Yeah, it's, it's again, this year seems to have shot like a cannon, like, it just seems like games are just coming. Yeah. You know, Resident Evil will be here, 4 will be here before we know it, so it's just... Well, knowing you, you're probably going to have Hogwarts beaten before I beat Dead Space. You're like, here, do you want this? Like, uh. Yeah, yeah. So, what have, have they said how long? Like, is that like a 30 to 40 hour Yeah, time? I think it's 30 hours, and then it, the Platinum's like twice that amount of time. I haven't really dug deep into that. But that, that's their, their conservative, you know, estimates. I think the reviewers all said that it was around 30 hours to beat. Okay, so. okay. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice. See. I like games to play, you know. It seems... After Ragnarok, it just keep it just keeps going, you know. <laughs> Power Picks has it as a difficulty of three out of ten. Ooh. Takes sixty to eighty hours. Four missable trophies. Ah, oh, I gotta look that up. <laughs> yeah, I probably already fucked myself because you gotta be in the right house. <laughs> so this uh, the trophies for reaching the map chamber with each of the four houses are mutually exclusive. Can only be got once per playthrough, but because the house can't be changed. You must do a partial playthrough for each house unlocks after about two hours into the game. Oh, that's not too bad. It's not, but that's annoying. You gotta play the beginning yeah. four times. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. And that's the missable one? It's one of the missable ones. And okay. there's the Toast of the Town, the Aura's Apprentice, the Gryffindor in the Graveyard, and the Wise Owl. Okay. So. All right. Yeah. We'll see. I, I don't know. See how much you love it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't, we'll, I'll go from there. But I'll, now that I know there's missable trophies, I might just take a little peek. Ooh, you want to know how many things you got to collect? Too many, I know. Guess. 285. 603. <laughs> <laughs> Developers, stop! Stop that shit. <laughs> I hate that. And uh, Arkham was the worst. Arkham Knight, man. Like, I, I love that game to death. God. But same thing. Just 
Tone it down. Like, you don't need to do that. Like, 83 flu flames, 95 Merlin trials, 32 balloon sets, 33 demigai statues, 5 cairn dungeons, 12 breed beasts, 115 field guide pages, 6 protion brews, 8 grow plants, 14 astronomy tables, 20 landing platforms, 20 ancient magic hotspots, 18 infamous foes, and 24 challenges. Good, right. good stuff. <laughs> Video games, man. That's what we do. Anything, anything to keep you in that game, I guess. That's what we do. <laughs> and you know, and we're all suckers for collecting things. Unfortunately, yep. there's just something satisfying about that. Um, maybe there'll be a Sony showcase we can talk about. I don't know. You, you know what, Nick? I might even be wrong. It might be 603 plus 83 plus 95 plus 32. What, whatever. It's a, it's a big number. <laughs> That's absurd. <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah, so I'll be uh, chugging away at that, and just like I did get Resident Evil Three, but I gotta finish two first. Oh, you did? Yeah, you it was it was, it was ten bucks. So, yeah. um, it's like you should have listened to me when they were both ten dollars. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna go back to two after I beat it. So, I so yeah, so I got those. I want to get those all done before Resident Evil Four, and uh, yeah, so good things. And then yeah, we'll have probably more reviews to talk about Wild Hearts, Atomic Hearts. There's another one. I forgot. Like a Dragon Eation? Yeah, like a Dragon Eation. Oh, God. If that game's good, I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's gonna be. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, yeah, we'll see. see. That, do you ever see that Twilight Zone episode where there's the guy, all he wants to do in life is read, but everybody <laughs> keeps, like, bugging him and work gets in the way, and then he finally gets, like, yeah. the, the, the world ends or something, and he's locked in a vault, and he's like, I have all the time in the world to read now, and he breaks his glasses. <laughs> But I need to be locked in a vault with video games. <laughs> and then hopefully not break my TV. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it was right. time now. So again, we'll leave you on a song here. Uh, recommended by a friend that this game has an amazing soundtrack and we have not featured it here yet is Deathloop. Is this Roman? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh nice. Uh, yeah, he's uh, that's all he listens to right now. So I was like, yeah, I'll go back and listen to it. And I forgot how good, you know, the 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 vocal song uh, Deja Vu nice. uh, from Sunset is it is a great song for a great game and yeah almost kind of made me want to go back to it but I know too it's many good. games too many games <laughs> so if you have not checked out Deathloop please do it is on PlayStation Plus Extra so check that out and again we will be back next week with six more things thanks for listening bye, bye everybody guys. toxic illusion Falling deeper spiral through time Static delusion This is where we do or die And I've been here before Face to face with the gun Up against all the odds And I'm the only one
always knew. This is 